Welcome to Embrace the Wrestle, a podcast about everything under the umbrella of mental health and general life issues. Join me, Ladima Cummings, your host. I've been a mental health professional for over 30 years, and I've personally dealt with depression as well as family issues of addiction. We all deal with life struggles and mental health issues, and we all need to look after our mental health just as we do our physical health. Guess what? It's all connected. I want to help you gain a better understanding of how mental health disorders occur, how we can treat them, and better yet, how we might prevent them. We're all in this together, so let's stomp out the stigma related to mental health issues. Hello, and welcome to episode number 11 of Embrace the Wrestle. I'm your host, Ladima Cummings, and I'm so glad you're here. I apologize for having a longer gap between the last podcast on com- on compassion and this one, but you know how life can be. <laughs> and um, life has certainly been challenging in good ways. Um, you know, always busy, just like everyone. So anyway, here we are. And today, I really want to talk about self-reflection and self-truth. So recently, I had some time to do some clearing and organizing in my home office, which had become that catch-all room, you know, where you just stash everything that needs to be put somewhere. The door to this room is always shut when we have company. And I would threaten people that if they ever, uh, open the door, they'd probably be traumatized forever because it is just, it was such a mess in here. Anyway, as I was going through boxes of books and, and the like, I came across some old journals of mine. Now, I've never been a consistent journaler. I don't know if that's a word, but I've never consistently journaled. Let me say it that way. But I have journaled intermittently throughout most of my life. I didn't take time to read all the journals page by page, but I did skim through them. Some of what I read was hysterically funny, especially those from my junior and senior high school days. The journal entries that I had made from early to mid-adulthood had some humor and, and some fond memories, but also memories of times that were challenging to say the least. The journal entries that intrigued me the most were from the 1990s, while I was at a women's retreat called The Woman Within. I had been strongly encouraged to attend this retreat by my former husband and and his therapist at the time. My former husband and I were still married and going through one of the several episodes of therapy that we had gone through. At that time, we were both seeing individual therapists, different therapists. My former husband had attended a men's warrior retreat. I don't recall the actual name, kind of the counterpart to the woman within. As a result, he and his therapist strongly encouraged me to attend the women's counterpart. 
From the beginning, I didn't feel that this was a retreat for me. From the description, I felt that the intensity of the retreat was not what I needed. I really thought I just needed to spend more time with my individual therapist. But I went. At the time, I felt that if I didn't go, it would be like I wasn't trying in our marriage. Now, I have to say that the retreat was a wonderfully grounding experience. But the issues I was dealing with at the time were nothing compared to the issues that the other women were trying to navigate. Most of the women at this retreat had been through very traumatic events in their lives. Some from birth, others from adulthood. I'll also have to say that the staff were very well equipped to manage all of the emotions that were triggered during the various exercises. As a mental health professional, I was very glad and relieved to see that. I had one main issue that I was grappling with. I knew I no longer wanted to be married to my husband. Prior to this, when he had learned that I had had an affair, I suggested that we divorce then. He didn't want to be divorced for a second time. So the decision was made that we would pursue individual and then marital therapy. I had spoken my truth once when I stated that I wanted a divorce. But sadly, I lost my ability to repeat it. So at this women's retreat, I was given the mirror exercise to do. This was for me to tell my truth to myself while looking in the mirror. I was to tell myself what I knew I wanted and needed. The truthful answer was within me. I remember it was difficult for me to say the words out loud, I want a divorce, even in the support of the group, although I knew that was my truth. What made it so difficult to say those words? The words that actually spoke what my heart felt that I no longer wanted to be married to my son's father. Looking back, I guess it had to do with expectations, maybe societal norms. In my mind, the mom was not supposed to be the one that asked for a divorce. I loved my son dearly. I didn't want to devastate him or wreck his young life because I no longer wanted to be with his father. Although I knew in my heart that his father and I would both be happier if we weren't together. By that time in our marriage, I think we brought out the worst in one another. But my former husband wanted to continue to try. What kind of wife or mother would I be if I didn't go along with the efforts to work things out? Although we had been trying for a while. Well, the thing was that my truth told me that there really wasn't anything to work out. We seemed so different to one another. And I knew that too much water had passed under that bridge. In my mind and heart, the bridge had actually washed away. 
I didn't see any clear path of safety. There was no bridge to maneuver over those rough, turbulent waters that had become our marriage. Instead, it seemed that we were only that there were only stepping stones to to cautiously step on to move through the turbulence to get to the other side where the calm waters would be found. So I had spoken my truth initially when I had suggested we divorce. And then a second time at the retreat, speaking in front of a mirror with the support of the other women retreatants. As you would probably imagine, my task was to share this once I returned home. But I'm sad to say that I wasn't able to utter the words, I want a divorce after I got home. Instead, when I was asked about the retreat and what I was able to get from it, I said something like, I learned that I have the answers within myself. That was a true statement. Thankfully, at the time, I wasn't asked what those answers were. So you might be wondering what happened next. Well, I went numb emotionally. I had been slipping on those stepping stones for so long, trying to navigate those turbulent waters, knowing in my heart that calm waters would not be found in our marriage. But what do you do when you want to go separate ways and your partner doesn't and you have a child or children? It wasn't that I was raised with the idea that divorce was a horrible choice. I wasn't anticipating any backlash from any of our family or friends. In retrospect, I think it was my interpretation of the expectations of a good mom. Interesting that it wasn't my expectation of a good wife. I think I had long lost that expectation in the marriage. I knew I didn't always have to be a wife, but I would forever be a mom. I think I believed that the mom was supposed to be the center of the family from an emotional standpoint. The one that made everything work, that kept everyone and everything together, cohesive. Except all of that had drained away from me. So I went numb. As I was numb, I could sort of go through the motions and and keep my emotions out of it. Trust me, I'm not suggesting that this is a good idea. Thankfully, there came a time, not all that far down the road, that my then husband came to me and said he was going to leave. He had come to the point where he no longer wanted to stay in the marriage. I actually breathed a sigh of relief internally when he told me this. I knew we would do divorce better than we did marriage. He had been married and divorced with two children when we met. So I had seen how he would be as a father to my son once the two of us were no longer together. And I knew it would be okay. I just couldn't let myself be the first one or the loudest one to cry uncle. All of this personal background to 
get back to the topic of us knowing what our truth is. How do we know what our truth is? And how do we express it once we know it? I want to take the rest of this podcast to talk about how we figure out or just know what our truth is. The next podcast, we can talk about how to speak our truth. I would say that I've been rather fortunate in always having a pretty good idea of what my truth is. Obviously, my difficulty came with being able to speak it. I've been rather intuitive most of my life. I believe this has been the biggest factor in my knowing my own truth. I just seem to have a sense of knowing what makes sense to me, what sets well with me, what feels comfortable or right. But what if you don't have an intuitive bone in your body? How can you begin to know your truth? And I actually believe we have personal truths about a variety of topics, issues, or different aspects of ourselves. What I mean here is that we can have a a personal truth about ourself and family, about being a daughter or son, a mother or father, aunt, uncle, niece, nephew, sibling. We can have a personal truth about ourself and work, our professional life. We can have a personal truth about ourself and religion or spirituality, ourself and politics, or our view of the world. We can have a personal truth about our talents and strengths, and so on. So, what can we do to get in touch with our personal truths? I have a few suggestions. For one, we need to listen to ourselves. What is our gut telling us? Our intuition. So many people are not used to thinking about this and not used to listening to their bodies. Our bodies send us plenty of signals when something is off. And also when things are good or right. How do you feel within your body when you're making a decision about something? When you think of the decision you're about to make, do you get a knot in your stomach? Do you feel jittery or nervous internally? Do you feel sick at your stomach? Does your heart rate or your blood pressure go up? Or do you have a sense of calm? Do you feel relaxed? Do you have a sense of excitement or eagerness? We also need to fine-tune our awareness of our values. What's important to us? What are your priorities? Where is the majority of your time spent or with whom? What were the values you were taught growing up? Do you still have those same values or have they changed in some ways? We also need to learn how to listen to ourselves. What do you say to yourself in your self-talk? Is it positive? Is it negative? Encouraging? Discouraging? I think it's important to explore our thoughts in quiet time. This can be quiet time spent with some calming music on. It can be meditation. But just that time that we have without any external stimulation, nothing interrupting us. What are our thoughts telling us about ourselves? 
I also think part of listening to ourselves can be looking back to past journal entries, if if you've been one to, to journal here and there. I think another thing that can be very helpful is is to define ourselves using I am statements. So define yourself in different arenas of your life, such as I am a family-oriented person. I am a professional. I am a serious-minded person. I am a light-hearted person and enjoy humor. I am a glass-half-full or a glass-half-empty person. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a procrastinator. I am always on time. I am a rule follower versus I believe rules were made to be broken. I'm a person who thrives in chaos. I'm a person who values self-care. I'm a person who strives for emotional stability. Once we have a a clear or a more clear understanding of who we are, we can then better know what a what our self-truths are. This clarity in turn can help us to make more satisfying decisions in every aspect of our life. For example, if I'm a professional who is never late and receives self-satisfaction with performance that is highly rated, I'm going to value structure, productivity, accomplishments, etc. My truths are going to fall along along these lines. I'm going to make decisions that will bring me a sense of accomplishment. I'll lean towards structure and probably routine. My truth will be somewhere around the lines of hard work pays off or Hard work is how you get ahead. If I am a glass half empty person, I'm going to anticipate that with challenges, something will go wrong. I'm going to keep my expectations low. In this way, I avoid or at least minimize disappointment. My truth is going to be somewhere along the line of big dreams are silly. I'm not going to take any risk of stepping outside of my comfort zone. It just won't pay off. If I'm a person who values self-care and emotional stability, I'm going to be aware of who I spend my time with or where I spend my time. I'll limit my time with people or situations that are negative, discouraging, or mean-spirited. My self-truth will be somewhere along the line of I value myself as a being, and I will protect my physical and emotional well-being. I hope these examples have been helpful and are stimulating some thought for you. Would anyone be interested in a coaching program focused on learning more about your self-truth or an online course? If so, please let me know. Please contact me through the website www.embracetherussell.net or you can email me at ledema at embracetherussell.net. I would love to hear from you. 
And if you are enjoying these podcasts, please rate and review me on Apple. And I think the easiest way to do that is on a mobile device. The next podcast, we'll take a look at how to speak our truth, even when our truth may not fit well with someone else's. Until next time, keep embracing your struggles. Thank you.